Hey everyone, you're listening to PR Hangover, a bi-weekly PR recap and talk show brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter and hosted by me, Callie Darcy. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, good. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for coming today. Welcome to PR Hangover. You guys are all first timers. Yep. So how about you start by telling me your names and anything else about you guys? All right. Well, I'm Andrew Kaiser. I'm an advertising and public relations major at Grand Valley. I'm a senior of the Ad Emphasis. Um, I'm a huge sports fan. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, I'm Corey Sander, uh, junior in the APR major. Uh, intern with the Grand Rapids Drive basketball team downtown. And like Andrew, I'm, I'm a big sports guy. So. I'm also a big sports guy. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm Julia Backus. I'm a senior marketing major at PR Minor. I am the chapter development VP for our Grand Valley PRSSA chapter, and I am a PR intern for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Wow, a lot of sports in this room. I feel unequipped for this, but I did a little bit of research. Mostly just went on Twitter and like followed all of the people who have like hashtag sports in them, and then I figured that was enough. Is that right? Yeah, Should definitely. Be. That's Should how it works. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. So we have like kind of a plethora of majors and minors and kind of people here. So I want to start with just generally, what do you guys think like PR means, and then how does it kind of relate to sports PR, and is there kind of a difference? It's kind of a loaded question. That is a, a loaded yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just what does PR mean to you guys? I think PR is telling great stories, um, and I think if you're going to relate it to sports, it's t- telling the great story that sports has to tell because you go to see a game to be entertained, and there's always a story behind how somebody was entertained, what kind of experience they had, the whole nine. So I think that it relates back to PR and that if we're trying to tell great stories, there it is. Like a great medium for great stories. Yeah, great medium for great stories. Uh, I think for me... Uh, Sports PR in general is kind of like what the team or sport means to the to the fan or the individual themselves. I mean, what you know, sports can do a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and it can, it can mean a whole lot. It can mean maybe not at all, but okay, <laughs> but, J- jabbing at me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 um, that relationship that you create with the fan. It's uh, the the intimate experiences that you get with the fan. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think um, just PR in general, I think, is <clears throat> about maintaining relationships uh, with whoever your target audience is. And I think sports is a lot about that with the whole – there's a lot of fans that have been fans of a particular team for their entire lives. And they, mm-hmm. they pass that down from generation to generation. I think a lot of that with sports, too, is maintaining that relationship with those fans who are diehard uh, fans of an organization who really are passionate about the sport itself even. And, um, yeah, I think just in general, even with a regular uh, company outside of sports, I think it's a lot about maintaining relationships also. Mm-hmm. So would you say that lineage is a really big part of sports definitely. from, like, families? I, oh, definitely. Yeah, I Absolutely. So. I mean, all, those, all those, uh, the teams I'm a fan of, are, it's, it comes all the way back from my great-grandfather. I mean. Oh, yeah. I have to agree completely because I, I, my dad, my, my whole family, they're huge Tigers fans. I, I basically grew up all about tigers um anything lions red wings uh, my whole family was really passionate about and has been passionate about for years so yeah definitely some of my earliest memories are going with my dad and mom to red wings games and going through the tunnel and just hearing people move and like you wouldn't know what that was unless you were a red wings fan you know like just the little things like that makes 
your experience growing up so much different. And when you have sports in your life, it's just, honestly, I'm biased, but it, enri- it enriches your life. Yeah, I definitely think that Michigan, we are really blessed with the amount of sports teams that we have. And I know the Lions aren't great. <laughs> I know that They're much. Not great. I know that much about us. But in general, I still think people are like I think those are some of the strongest fans you'll ever meet. <laughs> some Lions fans oh, who are still they, they keep us on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, my dad's had season tickets my entire life, and like after the 0-16 season, I was like, maybe you should invest in like. Red Wings tickets or something, he was like, nah, Lions through and through, I got this. So I was like, okay, bye. So how do you think that, like, PR comes into play with those lineages? Or for teams that maybe aren't aren't so great, and everyone knows they're not so great, but they still have all these fans, you think, like, PR has something to do with that? Yeah, they create a, they create a history behind it that makes people continue to fall in love. Regardless if they're losing, they find something else, you know, like, so, say the team is going 0-16 like the Lions did, they're not focusing on that. They're never going to focus on how bad they're losing. They're going to focus on the good things that they're doing in the community and mm-hmm. fan engagement and yeah. things like that. So. Well, I think one thing the Lions have done last, I don't know if it's been the last couple of years, but I know it's this year still they're going, uh, is the whole One Pride. They have that hashtag and they, they do that and they try and build a community of fans. And that's kind of what it's like to be a Lions fan. You feel like you're part of a community. So, like, when you somebody else, you just know somebody else is going through the same struggle you're going through <laughs> watch, watching that team every week. And I think they really hit home with that and with all their uh, PR stuff. It's it's really all about building that, the community and then say, like, hey, we're, we're all in this together kind of thing. <laughs> this is kind of the vibe Ride I get from it. Yeah, for sure. So do you think that PR is almost more important for maybe a not-so-great team? Exactly. I mean, I... Um, when your team's winning, you can you can kind of write off that on the field, on the court success, or whatever, or whatever sport it is. But when they're not doing so hot, I mean, you just kind of detach yourself from that and still create that organization, you know, that product to to fan relationship. You know, while not really talking about what's going on on the, <laughs> the playfield, just talk about hey, you know, this fan's gonna be out here, or you know, we're we're doing this in the community, or we're doing you know so and so. I mean, it kind of it's it kind of keeps everything going, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'd agree. Goes back to that community engagement. It's so <laughs> important to do community engagement. Yeah, it's one thing to have a great team, but to be in the community and, and just instill yourself in a community like Detroit, which is going through a revitalization, and obviously that can parallel with the Lions going through <laughs> a revitalization. I mean, a, you got to implant yourself and make yourself part of that community, like going to hospitals and visiting sick children and planting trees just like the small things like that are what's going to make fans keep coming back even if they're not a huge football fan mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot easier for pr when your team is really successful and winning like i don't i don't remember the last time i saw the patriots do anything super anything big pr wise because they don't have to because right. everybody's already talking about them because uh, they're winning all the time uh, so it's a little bit harder when you're a team like the lions or even like the Jacksonville Jaguars, they kind of get on the map with the PR. But if you build the strong community, then I, I agree it's really important. Right, and sports. Unlike really a lot of other fields, sports carries a huge influence in society. Like if you're not a sports fan, you still know who the Lions are. I sure do. I can <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> exactly. So if things are aren't going the way you want on the field, you can always just you know fall back on that. You know, we, we, we had this huge, um, you know, community engagement because people know who we are. 
we're just gonna fall back on that do you know strictly you know PR community things you know build a community build you know whatever but so when you don't have that on, that on the field product you can always just kind of fall back on the basics of just having that huge presence no matter what it's very emotional sports right. are always oh, really yeah. emotional regardless if it's happy sad whatever you're feeling something when you're watching a sports team play, whichever one it may be, whichever game it may be, you're always feeling something. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's a lot that has to do with sports and PR about like crisis management. Mm-hmm. And because people are unpredictable and people are, you know, whether good, bad, or ugly, like people are always doing something that may not coincide with a brand. As anyone does with any brand imaging, a lot of brands get tarnished by someone or something happening. But do you think that there's something to be said about a, about a team that only talks and does PR when bad things are happening versus this community engagement. Like, have, I don't know if that's something that's noticed or do you think it's something that is really kind of well hidden around sports PR? That's a loaded question. That is, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm trying to process that for a second, but I, I guess my initial reaction is I, I guess it's, it's hidden pretty well. I haven't really thought about that before. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, I'll elaborate a little bit what you guys think. And I, this is more so for everyone else. When we did our podcast last week about crisis management, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, not just coming out and saying, sorry, this happened, that we're dropping it. There's a, there has to be a way to fix it and an action that, that kind of shows change. And that was something we discussed on the podcast last week was mm-hmm. how important that vehicle for change is to continue. So when a decision is made later on, you know, someone can say, oh, look at from where you started to where you are now, there has been uphill progress and that's important so i wonder if that happens you know with if something happens to like if a player does something that maybe isn't isn't so great or maybe even just something that upsets a lot of people but it's still a it isn't a bad thing it's just a differing of opinion you know kind of how does that play in do you think to the pr around sports well i guess like okay so it was aaron hernandez who killed somebody Mm -hmm. and then okay so he killed somebody and then what was the team again patriots 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 Oh, you don't hear them talking about that. If you had had an Aaron Hernandez jersey, the Patriots, you could give them back that jersey and get any other jersey for free, like free of charge because they didn't want people upset that they had just bought this jersey and then that kind of thing. So they were owning it, fixing the problem, and then continuing on with their, obviously the Patriots are great Mm -hmm. on the field, Mm -hmm. continuing on with what the good that they were doing that way. So it was just a way to fix the issue, not obviously fixing that he killed somebody, but right. you know, as much the as they could from the brand yeah. perspective, they were putting a good like putting good out as much as there was bad happening. Taking control of the situation Taking that's control. surrounding them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of crisis management can fall uh, on the particular player more so than the organization. Absolutely. I mean, they they tie him back to the organization, but I think more as a whole, people focus on the individual. Because a lot of the times, if if something were to like, uh, I mean, Josh Gordon is a pretty good example. That's he's in the last two three years he's been on the Cleveland Browns, and he's been just continually uh, sm- just smoking marijuana, getting caught, and he's the Browns keep him on. But I think more so people are talking about Josh Gordon himself continually screwing up and getting caught with the drugs and everything like that more so than the Cleveland Browns being attached with it so i think a lot of it too can be come down to that player and their agent uh or whoever they have in uh, in control of their public relations um handling that situation 
Because a lot of the time it can get out of the control of the organization and right. things more well, time. Who's really talking about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> this is true. Not which, me. Which, which does help them. Which does help them. But I, yeah, I, I will agree with that though. I mean, for, for the most part in sports PR, if, if an athlete messes up or a lot of things just out of nowhere, just kind of just kind of come up about you know this guy's background or history or what he's done, like what's actually happened recently with the Giants uh, kicker punter punter kicker they just released their kicker because he had they just found out that he had like I think abuse or assault charges uh. against his wife and so they just cut him and that's usually for the most part that's what most people see is if somebody does something like this like Ray Rice mm-hmm. or like the Giants you know, kicker not, yeah you, you just you just cut him and just totally sever your ties with that with that player and just kind of move on from there that's to, at least for me, that's what I I see mostly. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. The Aaron Hernandez that situation was definitely different, though. That was wild. Yeah, yeah. I think what you hear a lot of is that this player's actions do not reflect the team's. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Like when then, I, yeah. Yeah, but then on the flip side, what you were talking about earlier with uh, Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. I mean that brings up a good question. If I've been thinking a lot about the situation because I, I really don't know what to do if I'm in the 49ers shoes you have this quarterback who you cannot cut they have to keep him and he's either like revitalizing the community people are rising up with him and his and his message of being of of being um, oppressed or he's being absolutely hated and want you know people want nothing to do with him in society and so that's a really tricky situation. I mean, I know that Kaepernick's jersey is the number one selling jersey in the, in the NFL, and it has been all season. I told her that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I, was get, I was getting a little bit of fill, and I didn't knew that one. Yeah, so I mean, it shows that there, there is support for him. It's not like everybody hates him. So it's like it's I don't, I don't know how you handle the situation of it's a very hot topic, and, so, it's and yeah. not even sports, but just society in general. Yeah, I think the 49ers as an organization, regardless. They have to back him up. Regardless of their politics on it, how they feel, mm-hmm. this is a human rights issue. We're on here, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> they are, though. Like, they have to back him up because if they're not, then that looks bad on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if. This shows total, like, this organizational sh- dysfunction. Well, like, just. Exactly. And they're yeah. showing unity and right, by rallying right. behind him. So, as an organization standpoint, they have to unify and stand behind him, whether there's uproar in society or not. Like you said, he is selling his jersey, selling number one in the league. So they're doing something right by backing him up and being behind him on that. Yeah, and I mean that also goes back to just kind of PR one hundred and one. What is PR? And that is having client loyalty. And that is what the Point Niners are showing right now by mm-hmm. by keeping on the team and also starting him. That he just got started, I think, mm-hmm. last week or two last weeks week, ago. Yeah, he played. Yeah. So do you think that's like? Do you think that that the the team in itself is getting good reaction by standing behind him? Like, do you think that people are seeing it as this, like, loyalty to a brand, or do you think, do you think that someone is saying you're you're not staying neutral in a topic? I think this, this kind of goes, I think it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, where it's more uh, the player, I feel like people are, maybe see his back. And, like, the 49ers have, <clears throat> they've come out and they've started him, and they've kind of kept their football uh, aside from that, uh, what he's been doing on the field or before the games, he's been kneeling. But I feel like 
in general, it's been more all about Colin Kaepernick himself rather than the 49ers uh, being talked about because I've, it's it's him kind of making a stand. The 49ers aren't like they're not um, stopping him from doing it or anything, but they're not. I don't feel like they're encouraging it, and I think that's a that's a great stance on it because it shows that they can support. They're supporting him on the field, but then everything off the field, they let the players handle what they need to handle, and they're not because I mean that is kind of like his own personal belief. I don't think an organization should necessarily say they back his beliefs because then that can cause a whole a whole another controversy. But I think what they've done so far has been really great by just kind of letting it play out. They let Colin Kaepernick deal with it as long as he's not saying like getting out of line during interviews or anything like that. He's saying what he needs to say. I think that's they they've handled it perfectly. Yeah. Keeping it very cordial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you think, though, I guess when I look at that from not a sports necessary standpoint, but from a PR standpoint, I would say that brand in itself is not fixing the problem. You know what I mean? I would, I would, I would well, almost... Yeah, the problem, though. Yeah. No, the, I guess the problem being of, of, the problem being I'm neutral and I'm not saying one or the other. Right. Not, not the problem. You're not picking a, it's kind of a yeah. hands-off approach. I think that yeah. not picking yeah. a side in something is the problem. Not that, not the kneeling. The kneeling's okay. not the problem. It's the... It's the coming out and saying, this is our player, and he does wear our jersey. No comment. You know what I mean? I feel right, like that's right. a little bit of, like, lackluster, and I guess maybe not from a sports standpoint because that is standing for, like, so much lineage as we just talked about and kind of talking so much. Like, there's so many people behind things, and, <laughs> like, there's a lot of webs happening and I, that I don't necessarily know about, but, you know, I do wonder, like, from, from the PR standpoint, if this was a brand and, like, my employee was doing something and it was getting all this news and I wasn't saying something, I I feel like my customers and myself as a customer, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening here? I feel like you got you to gotta take a stand. Yeah. You know, and I feel like sometimes people take stands and it's not what necessarily what people, what people believe in. Like, Chick-fil-A has certain standpoints that people don't believe in. And, but, you know, but then they come out and then they do good things. You know, they did help the victims of the um, Florida shooting. But, you know, they come out and there's ways to just, like, kind of still stand by yourself but understand that there's – that people are people. Like you said, it's a human yeah. rights issue. Human mm-hmm. issue. So, you know, I wonder just is this – is standing back really the best point for the 49ers? But, I mean – Yeah. I guess if you do – if they do take a side, do they – is, is that issues. necessary? Is it is it is it relevant for a sports team to to take a side on a human right, a, a business to take a side on a on a societal, I guess, discussion among people? Because I mean, is is a business is a person? You know, yeah. you know what I'm it's saying? It's a really yeah. unique situation, and that it hasn't nothing like this has really ever yeah, that's true happened in the media before, where it's such an uproarious. Um, I don't know. It, 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 is, it is now. now. It, it is, is now. now. Uproarious. Yeah. yeah, it's an issue that's like created such uproar that, I mean, how does somebody go towards that? So I think they're doing the best they can by just being hands-off but supporting him at the same time. Yeah. Because they didn't cut him. They didn't do anything like mm-hmm. bench him. You know, it's it's Yeah, because at the end of the day, yeah, end of the day, it was, it's Colin Kaepernick's actions and remarks, not the 49ers' actions and remarks. Right. True. So that's it's kind of kind of let him handle what he's brought upon himself what he's yeah. what he's doing yeah absolutely i really think the only time they would ever need to step in is if he were to do something crazy and out of line that would really kind of offend some people or anything like that because i feel like if they gave their opinion on it 
again, like the, the organization as a whole is so many different people. I think if they, if the owner or the GM were to say something, then that's their own opinion reflecting the whole organization. I just think it would do so much more harm than yeah. it would mm-hmm. do any good because it would just be so polarizing whatever stance they took on it. And you and you know already that the, maybe the whole organization doesn't feel the same because there's not not every player on the 49ers is kneeling. It's only a, a select few with Colin Kaepernick, and so like the, it, it, I think it would do a lot more harm to the organization than good. Well, yeah, and it's his right as an American. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know. Yeah. End of the day, it's his right to do whatever he wants. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So this has been some kind of like good PR, it seems, in terms of you know making good decisions for. A player in a team. Has there any been has, what? Has there been any bad PR around teams that you guys have noticed at all? Or maybe people are really good at like masking it. Or maybe or maybe this kind of neutral stance is what's really helping teams not have the bad PR. I have one team in mind in particular right now that I feel like I don't know if they're necessarily doing bad PR, uh, but they're I don't feel like they're doing everything they can to get their team noticed, and that's the Cleveland Indians. Because they're in the World Series right now, and nobody is talking about the Cleveland Indians. Everybody is talking about the Chicago Cubs. And well, they have a very bad team name. Is would oh, be, this is true? Would be Nobody's why? talking about that issue either. Yeah, this is, and I was saying that's maybe problem. why people are afraid to talk about them. That could be true. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, no, but fine. like I, I don't do, I don't take sport. I don't, I've never taken a sports marketing class. I think all three of you have or are going to. But I've taken a lot of women's classes and a lot of pop culture classes, and that's something huge we discuss. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of worrisome in the sports PR world when you think about like how hashtags form and how like Twitter handles and things like those can get out of hand really quickly. Absolutely. So do you think that would have to do at all, or do you think people are just really not talking about them because because the sports team is overlooked by the Cubs because the Cubs are they are, haven't they haven't uh, been there in so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I knew that I, one too. <laughs> I think it could be a little bit of that. I so mean, I haven't really. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that um, too much, but I think that that's actually a really good point, that it could be because of their team name that maybe even, like, or, or uh, companies like ESPN will, or, like, I don't even, I haven't heard any information, but they might be refusing to talk about them because of that. Yeah. Just that, taking your hands off yeah, the coach, don't want to. Yeah, yeah, don't exactly. want to upset people, we're just going to talk about the Cubs kind of thing. But Cubs are a nice name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's not being talked about, is it relevant? If it's, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, again, PR. If you're mm-hmm. not being talked about, are you relevant? Yeah. And, not. well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. If the Cubs are to win this World Series, the Cleveland Indians would have the longest drought of a team without winning a World Series in MLB or in the Major League Baseball right now. So they have, like, these are the two teams with the longest droughts of not winning a World Series in the Cubs is 100 years, and then the Indians is 60 years. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. So I, I just think that just, there should be so much more um, more news around the, surrounding the Cleveland Indians than there is. But, I mean, again, to your point, it might be because of their, their team name. It could be really hurting them. In either spot like yeah, but, like, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings, those are all, like, Indian tribes. So... Yeah. There's, there's different backstories, and I know for the Blackhawks it's – kind of honoring Chief Blackhawk who protected the area of Chicago. So I guess it's not it's a totally different boat than the Redskins. Yeah, that yeah. one's just yeah. all with yeah. going back to your original question of so, doing someone or doing something for bad PR. I mean that it's the Red, Redskins all the way. I mean, the president has come out and said, "Hey, you should probably change your name." Like why don't you think that's happening? Like well, I because I, I don't understand. Is it, is, is it is it a hard that, fix? It's to just, just be like, "Okay, we're going to stop being racist though." though? It is. 
to, I feel like it's, you can't really go wrong with saying, hey, we're done being extremely racist every time we say something. <laughs> Do you think fans would, would be, like, upset and I mean, not and understand? also, it's a money thing. I don't know uh-huh. yeah. would, how much funding does that cost. I mean, that's an entire rebrand of everything that they mm-hmm. have stood for for the last however many years that they've right. been a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know, say the Cubs, like, they've been around over 100 years. What if they had to do a complete rebrand? That Those are people from your grandpa, who's 92, to, you, like, a baby who's, you know, it's a huge thing. And yeah. It's, it's a lot of investment and a lot of time that it would take for people to rally behind something like that. I'm not saying it's not something that needs to be done, but I'm right. saying I think The difficulties. It's, yeah, it's a financial thing. Yeah. Absolutely, it's a financial thing. But on the flip side of that, too, if you rebrand and change yourself, you're going to bring in a lot of money, too. Because people want the new the new colors, the new logo, the new name, whatever. To not you, wear a racist logo when you go out in public. Yeah, yeah I mean, people are going to want to yeah, rep that brand that don't yeah. want to anymore. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, I know even on a smaller scale, the Charlotte Hornets, who no one talks about, but they totally rebranded themselves, I think, three years ago and totally changed their logo, yep. their colors, and even their team name. And... The franchise has been absolutely booming. I mean, they're they made so much money off just rebranding. I mean, obviously they're on a, a, a smaller scale, I guess, nationwide than the right. Redskins, who have been on a hot topic nationally for years. But yeah, I guess they'd um, have to just weigh their opportunities and costs on right, it and right. see which one would be best and yeah. when they should do it, what time's right. Yeah, they could write a whole PR. Campaign. Yeah, <laughs> hire us. Yeah, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> Call us. <laughs> we got you. But there, there definitely is money on the other side when you yeah, rebrand. There, people will people will pay for the rebranded new. And again, whatever. It's, you'd have to like really dive in and get people behind it, and it'd be a whole like grassroots effort basically to get it going and get people excited about it. I don't think mm-hmm. it'd be that hard though for something that's been so nat for specifically the Redskins. For others, I'm not sure, but this has been nationally discussed many times by many people of influence. So I, I feel like the grassroots efforts have been started. And I feel like there's a really good foundation for them specifically. But I do wonder if it is just this kind of... Well, I think it's institutional racism, actually. It like, right, it's, a, it's right, 100% yeah. institutional racism and this inability to acknowledge and then move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that all the efforts and all the money could go into I think it's just this acknowledgement that's not happening. Right. Which, I told you I'd bring my social justice part into this. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. But even, like, Eastern Michigan... I don't know a lot about sports, but I know my both my parents went to Eastern Michigan, and I have, like, a Huron's racist sweatshirt with, like, um, a Native American, like, tribal face on it, and I was, and it's an, a vintage thing I got from my grandfather, like, whatever, and I mm-hmm. wore it, and the one day I looked at it, and I was like, oh my god, I can't, I can't wear this. <laughs> like, this is, and they've rebranded that since that, like, they're now, they're not racist, mm-hmm. but, yeah, huh. but I was like, oh, I, do, and that's why I feel like I don't want to wear that. I don't want to rep that at all. So even if you had those things from the, from the Redskins, like I feel like I wouldn't want to be representing that team, and they and I feel like it'd be really hard to make them my team, mm-hmm. unless you're like a diehard and it's lineage though, and it right. goes back to the lineage thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think that plays a huge role in it, and why they haven't done anything since. Because if this were a newer franchise that had just kind of come out and they they threw that logo out there and people hated it and kind of responded right away, then I think that would be it would would have changed really quickly. But I think because they've been around for so long, and they're a really storied franchise, they have they, a lot of previous Super Bowl wins, they have a lot of history, and I think people are really tied to that. And I, I, I think it's just going to take time to transition. I think they want to transition. I kind of get that feeling from them. 
But I just feel like it's it's one of those things you gotta you gotta kind of slowly do it because there are those people who are diehards Redskins fans and they they really are passionate about not changing the name because of the history. I think, but I think it's becoming more of a. They're, I think they're kind of leaning more towards uh, changing the name because I mean, teams have done it before, like you said, yeah. the whole Eastern Michigan's done it. Um, teams have rebranded and it's it's usually worked out pretty well for them because by the end of the day it's um, usually people kind of just get a, get used to the new logo and right. and, and all that so yeah. yeah like the New Orleans Pelicans that's they changed their name they went to the I mean they to the Pelicans yeah but um, they completely really they knew, chose to be they the Pelicans they chose the Pelicans so- they solid they went with the <laughs> the new logo new colors new new stadium they had they changed everything and. Honestly, I I just see them as the New Orleans Pelicans now. Like, this is right. nothing. Really, I feel like nothing's changed. I think in this instance of of the Redskins not doing anything, I think it would take something like a player or a group of players just to step up. The, I mean, the players are the money maker of the whole franchise, and for them, I think for, for them to step up and voice an opinion, I think would probably do a lot more than what's going on now than a lot of outside people kind of, you know, voicing their opinion. I think it, it takes something from the inside. Again, it would rally the fans and the community after they did something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it could, it could yeah. really just take one player refusing to sign with it or, like, just, just deciding not to a draft pick or something. Yeah. Not yeah. just refusing to sign with it because of their team name. And I think that would make national headline. I think that would make them change their name could really you, quickly. Yeah, yeah. And could you imagine the news the next day if Kirk Cousins said, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like this franchise's name. I mean, that would be that would be talked yeah. about for for weeks. Oh yeah. Be wild. I hope somebody does it. Yeah. So go <laughs> ahead and do it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really glad we all agree on institutional racism as, <laughs> as a whole, and that it is bad. Um, I'm gonna end this with kind of asking, what do you guys, where do you guys look to follow teams? Like, what are what are platforms that you think are working, and maybe not working? Because I feel like everyone kind of tries to jump on. On, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Those are the main platforms. And maybe they do all work for them. But do you think, like, maybe for your target, do you think it's different than, like, trying to hit, like, since it is lineage, what's the best way, do you think, that these teams are reaching out? I think lately it's Snapchat. I love everything that teams are doing with Snapchat. I recently followed the New York Islanders, and I don't even like that team. <laughs> they had, like, a puppy feature with all of the players, and it was the cutest thing. They were making, like, a puppy calendar, and it was so cute. But then, like, I followed them, and I've been following them since, and so now I'm getting all of their content. And, like, just it takes one thing like that for somebody to follow you on Snapchat. Then you're, you know, feeding into all of their contests that they have, their, their prizes, things like that. So then you know about the team, and now I've found myself following up with them on news and Twitter and things like that. So, I mean, from a fan perspective, I think that's a huge avenue that they need to be, like, putting time into. And then as a sports PR professional in the making, I, on my Feedly, I have an entire thing of blogs, sports people that I follow, and it pops up every morning with the top stories, and so I'm trying to stay relevant not only on there, but then I follow like a bunch of teams and influencers on Twitter. I'm getting constant um, information on what's going on, who's injured, like what's going on in the business side of things. So it's important to keep yourself relevant as well as be relevant if you are the team and post on things that people are following. 
I mean, I'm huge with following my teams on uh, Instagram. Because they, they post a lot of information about they can have an event or even the ends of, like, I, the Detroit Lions, I'm pretty sure, post the score of the game throughout the after every quarter. I even think that I like that a lot because if, I, if I'm if not by a TV, if I can't watch the game, I can real quick check Instagram. Oh, they're losing again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. But, <laughs> but you still keep checking. But, like, even with the, the – I, I like to follow the Grand Rapids Griffins even because, uh, like, I, they're not really – I don't – I haven't been able to find them on TV or anything, so – I like to look on Instagram. I see them post final scores, and I'm like, "Oh, they won again tonight!" Like it's it's just kind of good to follow a team through that. And then for news, a Twitter is big for any sports news on a team. Uh, if any injuries, um, I need to help my fantasy football team make sure everybody's <laughs> healthy. <laughs> um, but yeah, any news like that is is Twitter. But for like just keeping in touch with a team, I I love Instagram for that. For me, I guess. Um I'm big on, on Twitter, uh, mostly just a lot of up-to-date things, and I like how a lot of teams have gone really like mainstream with using like emojis in their tweets, and not not being so professional about it, but just kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, being on a personal level, using emojis, GIFs, graphics. GIFs. Is, is it? GIFs. 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 Hey, 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 I was told in class it's GIF like the peanut butter. Yeah, no, okay. it's a big, oh. do you say a GIFT or a GIFT? It's a GIFT. And if yeah. it, if it were GIF, if it okay, were, okay. I'm just saying, I was I was holding class. Okay. It's all right, it's if all it right. were GIF no. like the peanut butter, then it'd be spelled the same as GIF. You would think. GIF like the peanut butter. Yeah, I, would, I thought so too. Your professor was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is the GP difference. Um, all right. No. So GIF slash GIF. Yeah. No. And the NFL implemented their entire. Um, each team got their own hashtag with their own personal emoji next I to it. I love those. When you put that up, mm-hmm. and like just like personalization of things like that on Twitter and. On Snapchat, if you're actually physically at the game or in the city where the game is, they'll have filters that pop up that are fact, past facts about players or the franchise in general. And then during the game, it'll live update the score. I love live updating the yes. score. Yeah, yes. And, yes. and you have yourself in a picture. And then after that, Snapchat's the best because you can save the picture and then it lives forever and you can repost it. So it's free branding for the team yep. from the fans. It's a beautiful thing. I love. I think geo filters really are very smart. I'm about Snapchat. I think it's a freaking awesome bit, like avenue. I agree. I think that Snap filters in that sense are so smart. I think that sports use them really, really well because sports you need to engage your audience the best you can. The best way is they're gonna be on Snapchat. They're gonna be taking photos of something. Whether it's like their drink or their faces or me taking pictures of my shoes at every sports game I go to. <laughs> uh, granted, I don't go to a lot of sports games, but. Or like the play, maybe? <laughs> sure. Or the, or the, the field, whatever. Court, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Happening. Whatever's happening. Regardless. Oh, but I'm going to still use the, the, that geo filter of my shoes, and then you know I was there. Absolutely. But I yeah. No, I love it. So everyone, definitely... Does everyone know if you didn't take a picture, did it really happen? No, it no. didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Did, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. did I wear those yeah. shoes? No, oh. you will never know. The only way you'll know is if you check my Snapchat. <laughs> are you, oh, Kelly, what were those shoes? Thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, as always, you can follow us at GV underscore PRSSA or me at KDARCC, K-A-Y-D-A-R-C-C. Or me, Julia underscore Bagus. Call me with the uh, spelling if you don't get it. <laughs> give, her, give her a ring. <laughs> and then are you guys on any social media platforms or do you want to just keep that private? 
Uh, I am, but I really don't use social media that often. So I probably <laughs> so wouldn't, be worth, it wouldn't, even, it wouldn't even be worth following me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you guys so much for this. Bye. See you later. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to PR Hangover. If you want more PR news like this, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GV underscore PRSSA. Talk to you soon.